Welcome to the Mama Matters podcast. Whether you're expecting, you've recently given birth, or you're just starting along your fertility journey, it's time to get down to the nitty gritty and sort fact from fiction. I'm your host, Rosie Dumbrell, physiotherapist and pregnancy expert. Mama Matters aims to provide an easily digestible, up-to-date and evidence-based approach to pregnancy, birth and motherhood with a side dose of humour along the way. Interviews from the industry's leading experts and experience of my own adventures as a mother to three gorgeous boys under four. I want to share the stuff that helps to grow confidence throughout motherhood. Mama Matters is a podcast by Lenny Rose Active and this is what you can expect to hear in upcoming episodes. My biggest thing was I wanted skin to skin and my fear like of having a Caesar, I wasn't going to have that experience. I wanted that experience. If I wasn't going to have it, hubby was going to have skin to skin ASAP. That was my thing. I wanted that. And he said, no, as soon as baby's out, she's on your chest, you know, and he really listened to what my fears were. Welcome back. So excited to be here after last week's bumper episode. We've had such great feedback on our recent delve into sex after babies. So, you know, sometimes there's the questions that you might not feel comfortable asking your girlfriends and, you know, we really want to save you from Dr. Google. Hopefully you got some good little snippets of information and I guess just the light on the fact that we're all different and our journey through both pregnancy, birth, motherhood and you know all of the things in between is such an individual and you know very I guess unique journey but you're not going through it alone. Today we speak to the amazing Vanessa of Fawn and Me. Vanessa's a mama too and she has Fawn and Me which is an online retail store specializes in bespoke gifts for mums and bubs with the main focus on specially curated and hand-wrapped gift boxes. She reached out to share her story of a pretty bumpy ride throughout pregnancy both of her pregnancies in fact she's got two beautiful bubbers and had a really bumpy ride through both the first and the second pregnancies but particularly the second and then also gave birth in the midst and the height of COVID-19 so we have a two-part episode uh, the first centering around encouraging and empowering women to choose the right birth support team uh, through her own experiences of you know sort of high-risk pregnancies and how well they'll manage with her team and having had a background working in fertility and IVF and watching mums go through the whole journey. Uh, That's episode one. And then we follow on with a second episode where Vanessa beautifully opens up about her most recent birth, uh, which was earlier in the year in amongst the height of COVID-19. So make sure you listen to both episodes, which uh, the second of which will be coming along soon. Uh, And without further ado, I introduce the lovely Vanessa. Okay, well, thanks so much for joining us today, Vanessa. I'm so excited to hear your journey and give us a little bit of insight into the bumpy road and the importance of having uh, a really great support team. So let's just start from the beginning. Okay, so obviously my name is Vanessa and I'm a small business that I do, mum and baby hampers. I'm a mum of two and basically 
both my pregnancies, I've had some issues where my placenta doesn't work at 100% of its full capacity of what it's meant to. But I didn't know that at the time and it always happens later on in my pregnancy. So I'm very lucky in the sense that I get to fall pregnant spontaneously and on my own. Mm. I've worked in the IVF background, so I know and seen the, the struggles that women can have. So I'm very lucky in that point of view. So from that background of working in IVF, I got introduced to my obstetrician, Joseph Scroy. Basically fell pregnant naturally with my uh, both my daughters and my first pregnancy, my water levels dropped quite early and just randomly it started at 34 weeks in my first pregnancy. Everything seemed okay. Lucy was breech. We had a cesarean birth come 38 weeks. So everything was okay in that sense of that first time. We still had close monitoring, which was amazing. Joe was always answered any of my questions. And it's so funny when you're when you're first in your first pregnancy, you sort of you go with the flow. You don't have the questions because everything's sort of new to you. You obviously have questions. You, you're guided by your obstetrician and that's where I felt comfortable. I always had him. I could call him at any time. If I couldn't feel bubs, basically he was on the call and he's like, you come straight in. And that was reassuring for me because obviously having those wa- low water levels at the back of your mind, you don't know what's going in, going on. Like mm. So then... Recently, I gave birth to my little girl, Adrian, and the complication started again, but this time started quite early. So at 29 weeks, I was in the rooms with Joe and having my routine scanning, and we noticed the water levels were quite low. So he put me on some regime drugs to help with my placenta function, which was great. So he was on it straight away, and he said, well, this is what we need to do. You're going to see us quite often, and I need you here every second day and we're going to do scanning weekly. We're going to check the blood flow to the baby and we're going to check your water levels constantly. We were there. I was having CTG monitoring and then it got to about 32 weeks and things started to go a bit pear-shaped. My water levels started to continually drop which Joe was very it was he was not concerned too much about the water levels it was more the blood flow to baby's brain Mm. and the Dopplers so we were obviously being monitored and I remember speaking to Joe's midwife I just had this feeling in my belly because every time I had a sonographer look at my scan he'd say you need to bring your bag next week Vanessa you need to bring your bag in just bring your bag packed and I'm like no 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 she's not coming out yet and I remember (laughs) that one day it was an afternoon and I went on my own and I didn't have my bags with me <laughs> and I was sitting outside womb in East Melbourne and I went in, had my scan and prior to this, just as a precaution, Joe had given me my steroid injections. So he prepped me for early birth in the sense of for their lung development. So mm-hmm. babies can't breathe on their own up, um, before 35 weeks. So basically it was speeding up the process so the baby knows, hey, I'm going to be born and if I am, I'm going to be able to breathe. Mm. So he prepped me, which was really good. And I had his midwife, Libby, just, you know, like she was just basically my left-hand man through the whole time because any concern and when I was having my monitoring, she was there talking me through the process. So it was mm. not scary. You Obviously, you're always that, that fearful, but because I had that support with me, I felt safe. 
if that mm-hmm. made any sense. So yeah, yeah. So at come 32 weeks and I'm at the scan and the sonographer says to me, water levels have dropped below borderline and the Doppler, so which is the blood flow to the baby's brain, had dropped. So he said the baby's got to come out within 48 hours. I'm like, is it really their role to say that? No. Well, I was quite shocked because he's like, I'm going to call Joe. And I was like, I was so shocked in the well, how it happened that I didn't I didn't know what to what how to expect. So I was just like mm. in this process and it just happened that Joe had a family emergency at that time and he wasn't around. So mm. I remember coming out and his practice manager Elise is amazing and she's like, well we're gonna call Joe. You're gonna see his locum and we're going to see what we can do. We're going to admit you for ad- observation and put you on the CTG monitors and all those sorts of things to see how baby was tracking. Now baby was tracking great when it comes to movement wise, but everything else wasn't adding up. So we were just basically it was day by day and for my first pregnancy I actually had to have a Caesar. Lucy was breech because of my water levels. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to spin her where I could have a VBAC or a vaginal birth, mm-hmm. which I was devastated, but because mm-hmm. I had that support of Joe, I my biggest thing was I wanted skin to skin and my fear like of having a Caesar, I wasn't going to have that experience. I wanted that experience. If I wasn't going to have it, hubby was going to have skin to skin ASAP. That was my thing. I wanted that. And he said, no, as soon as baby's out, she's on your chest, you know, and he really listened to what my fears were in the sense of, because I couldn't have a VBAC and couldn't have that experience. He still gave it to me as close as he could, which was reassuring for me as a new mum. That's the most important thing, isn't it? It's like the circumstances can be whatever they are and often take a turn that you might not be able to control, but just feeling like you've been listened to and your voice matters in your pregnancy and birth journey, I think is just the most important thing. You don't just feel like a number. You don't feel like you're sort of lost. I never walked out of his rooms going, what's happening? Like you thought mm-hmm. I knew where I was at every point of my pregnancy. And, and look, as I said, I was devastated initially when I couldn't deliver naturally. I had a birth photographer all planned and I had this idea mm-hmm. in my head, but it's okay to deliver in another, in not, not what your idea in your head is. And it's, and like I said, it come down to Joe and his team because they met those needs for me and that was skin to skin and I was so afraid. But when I was being monitored with my second pregnancy and they were admitted me at two, uh, 32 weeks, my biggest fear at that point was I'm going to have another Caesar and my little one's going to be rushed to NICU. That was the hardest thing for me. I think it wasn't the fact I knew that I was in good hands. I had Joe that was going to be there. I had a great pediatrician, Brendan Chan, that was lined up, ready from that point of view. And and I remember laying in the labour ward and the m- midwife said to me, a baby that is born at 32 weeks without a steroid injection for its lungs is different. So I, heard, I was so glad that Joe had already ticked that box. Mm. So it was, she reassured me that that a baby that doesn't have a steroid injection, obviously sometimes babies just come when they want to because we have, sometimes don't have control. Mm. But she was explaining that to me and I was so afraid of not being able to see her or to have that skin to skin because she was so little. And the midwife, which was 
amazing. And it was just before COVID hit. So I remember it was all talk at the moment. We didn't know what was happening. It was in the news. It hadn't hit in Australia yet. But, you know, we're worried about people coming in and out of the country. So I was afraid of what was that all about because it was still that big question. We didn't know what COVID was at that time. And I remember being, was on the CTG monitors and watching baby and I came off it and the midwife said to me, let me take you to NICU. Let me take you there so it's not foreign, it's not, you're not afraid of what to expect. And I remember going there and staff at Freemasons Epworth were beautiful. Like she said to me, as soon as baby's born, she'll come here. They explained what kind of crib she would be in. She'd be not wrapped up because someone, a baby at that age, they need to see the chest moving up and down. So she explained all that thing, all those little bits and pieces to me. And the most important part she said to me is straight from recovery we will reel your bed into the NICU so you can see her at any time we have the space until you can move and the catheters are being removed you can spend that time anytime you want to see her we can wheel your bed in there like that for me I think sort of lifted off the shoulders that I knew I could see her I had this fear that she would be taken away and I wouldn't be able to see her the, the support that they gave me was they calmed me down and I was like okay I'm ready to face what's going to come and so everything was going well and had daily scans for three days, monitoring, constantly fasting, ready to have a Caesar. But every time we scanned, Joe scanned me, everything was, the boxes were coming back ticked. So every, the blood flow was going, her movement was great. And a baby that is obviously not having a blood flow to the brain will be fatigued. And she was a mover, which was a good thing for me because I'm like, she's moving. I know that this is, that's a good sign for me. I just had this, yeah. I don't know, as a mum, you just, you just have this feeling that no one sort of can tell you. Like they could tell yeah. you, but you just have this gut feeling that it's going to be okay. Oh, and I just I just knew that something didn't sit, that she was going to be born straight away. And I will never forget it was Valentine's Day and Joe was on leave and he said to me, if we're going to, if she needs to, we're going to see one more scan and if it's still ticked, but if she needs to come out first thing in the morning, I will come in deliver your baby and he was on leave and that and he said you know I obviously won't stay I'll come for the Caesar and then go because you know he was on leave but I was just so like grateful that even though he wasn't around he was still around and yeah that's an amazing level of care yeah and that's where and I had his midwife calling me and she was there and I had Kelly Jordan which is my birth photographer and she's amazing so she was on standby so she was at the hospital thinking that we're going to deliver and she was there every day and and I remember that point we hadn't even thought of names because it just happened so quickly and I and I also worried for my daughter Lucy because thinking if I'm going to be having a premature baby, the concerns of going back and forth to express milk, and I just had all these emotions. And every time I like obviously voiced my my concern to Libby, his midwife, it was something that always reassured me in a sense that I was it was going to be okay. Mm. So basically, Joe said everything's okay. We're going to send you home, but you're going to have to see us every second day again. So it was tiring, and I was exhausting going in every day and having a two and a half year old that sort of didn't understand where Mum was going constantly and mm. being absolutely tired and not knowing was today going to be the day. 
day. So mm-hmm. Joe, our biggest thing he wanted to get us to is 37 weeks. And we tracked, we tracked, and I was obviously getting very tired. And towards that the end of 36 weeks, Mark, Joe, I said to Joe, baby's not moving very much. I'm a bit concerned. And he said, yep, that's it. There's no point straight you bringing you longer. We're going to have baby. Mm. And, yeah, we, we we went in and obviously having monitoring constantly, baby's movement was very decreased so I couldn't feel her. So my concern levels mm. just went to another level. I can imagine. <laughs> and, yeah, I was just like I got emotionally, even though that we want to get her to a certain point, I couldn't do it anymore. I needed to have that strength to the time that when she was going to be born. So he said, yep. 37 weeks she's classified not as preemie so mm. we're going we're going to deliver and I said perfect mm. and well done <laughs> I was like yay well done for hanging <laughs> in there for trusting your body yeah and yeah and I'm very lucky that I had an obstetrician like Joe because if I didn't, I could have had a premature baby on my hands because mm. it could have just been delivered. He could have just said, no, we're going to do it now. But he knew what was right, obviously, to keep baby in, to monitor, to see. And and he did. He watched He watched me so closely at any point, obviously, that baby was going to come out. I take my hat off to Joe because I could have had a baby if I didn't have the guidance of someone like him and his team. Mm. I could have had a premature baby. Yeah, and so then we delivered Adrian and I remember sitting I remember sitting in the waiting room with my birth photographer Kelly and my partner Fabian and we were ready but I was scared this time. I don't know why, I think because of such a journey that I had. And I remember came in that morning and Joe was like, yep, we're ready. You ready? We're going to have a baby this morning. And I'm like, yep. And his phrase is he catches babies. So he's, you know, the, the, the obstetrician that catches babies. But this one he wasn't going to catch. He was just going to deliver. <laughs> and I was so scared. And I think because knowing and going through the Caesar process, even though the first time was beautiful, the second time I was so afraid. And I just remember saying to the midwife, I'm nervous this time. And she's like, it's going to be okay. And and they were so shocked that I had a birth photographer because obviously people don't have that in their delivery room. And everyone said, oh, why did you have a birth photographer? And I thought myself and my partner, we want to be able to with like Fabian, I didn't want him to be hiding behind a camera. Mm. I wanted him to experience what I was experiencing and not for me to be going, did you get a photo? Did you take that photo? Did you, what you know, like he could experience that time just like me and it was mm-hmm. captured and that's what I why I wanted someone there and and anyway I get wheeled into theater and Joe was chatting with me and and it was still that whole everyone was talking about COVID COVID this we were expecting this and I remember obviously my Caesar was going well and he talks you through it yeah you're going to feel this and you're going to hear a little bit of water happening here right now and and it's so quick for a Caesar you think it's such a long time and I do remember looking up at the ceiling thinking it's going to take forever and everyone's talking to me and then it's like just like a VBAC I suppose when you're having a Caesar, even though there's so many people in the room, right? Like VBAC, you would just have your partner and your obstetrician, you know, like just you have your plan and everything's calm. But in that moment when Adrian was born, 
compared to Lucy, it was like as if everything was silent. And I had, oh, getting a bit emotional, but it was just like my journey had come to that point where she was here. Mm. And um, and I remember Joe saying and explaining that, oh, look, she's here. And the first thing they did is like Brendan had her, which is our pediatrician, and he, she, he brought her right to me. And I was just like this breath, like... She's Earthside, and I'm so relieved that she was everything came okay and it was all right. Like it got to that point, and I'm like, I can breathe now. She's here. Mm. She went off to her little corner to be weighed, and this time, which was also so special, they brought a big plasma screen to the side of my operating table where I got to watch her being weighed. Mm. I got to watch Fabian cut her cord. I was still part of it. Even though that I was on the other side of the operating theatre, I was still part of everything. So amazing. (laughs) And I was just like, and I remember Mm. when she was brought to me on my chest, Joe asked me her name and we picked, we had two names and we picked her name, Adrian. And then Joe's, you can call it his thing, they sing happy birthday. (laughs) And so her journey started with the whole theatre, basically. Everyone in that room sang happy birthday to her. And I just... um, <laughs> so it's just like it's that process and that part of the journey. It's it's um, you know we're forever grateful to have that recorded and uh, it's beautiful and to actually you know and we were relieved you know like she we had these complications and and that whole time they sang happy birthday she was on my chest and it's exactly what I wanted. So it's you know everyone always says to have a Caesar is such a scary process. I didn't have that. And I'm I'm so grateful because if someone says to me, oh, I'm going to have a Caesar and I'm so scared and, then, you know, I still feel it as just as beautiful as a VBAC and to have a natural birth because yeah. I had that support. I had that those group of people that everything that I was concerned about, my needs were met. And, you know, you can't, you can't, you, you know, that makes your process beautiful because, you know. Just being listened to and feeling empowered along the way. And, you know, I think there's a birth in general. um, There's obviously room for, you know, as you experience like a lot of complications, you know, through pregnancy and and obviously through birth as well. But I think we also need to hear those positive stories. (laughs) Um, And sometimes it can feel, I think. Because Caesars have such that name. bad rap don't they yeah Yeah. and but sometimes they're very necessary and you know it can be beautiful so (laughs) yeah and you just Mm. had that obviously in my head I could I couldn't and I couldn't can't deliver naturally but the process is still beautiful and like Mm. I said when she came out it was this silence and it was just those people weren't in the room anymore do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, she was here and that I think because Joe spoke to me that whole process and when she mm. was coming out and the pediatrician and, you know, it, it, everything just felt right. And then when they say happy birthday and it was just like, yeah, you know, you forget <laughs> that 
today is their birthday and yeah. for them to acknowledge it that way, it's mm. just something special and so Callie got beautiful. it all. Callie got yeah. it all on photos and delivering how she was and it was just... I've heard she's an amazing birth photographer actually. So, she, she's yeah. absolutely amazing and it's something mm. that I have an album that one day I can show my girls because... It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, yeah. and it's just like, yeah. uh, you know, how were you born compared to someone else and it's such a... Um, you know, a journey for them. And mm. not only did I go through that journey, that's their story. Thank you so much for sharing that beautiful journey. We will continue your journey into the postpartum period and the bumpiness that goes along with that for, for this this time around for you, especially with the situation of COVID and some other complications. So thank you so much. No and we will problems. be hearing from you again shortly. No worries. <laughs> Thanks, Vanessa. Bye. Wow, what an absolute doozy in a positive way. Like just so uh, in admiration of Vanessa for really wanting to share that story. And, you know, mums are so bloody tough. We are just incredible superhuman uh, beings. And, you know, Vanessa's very much uh, a picture of that. So not only for what she's gone through, but also really wanting to share the ups and downs and the bumpy road and to empower women to seek, you know, the right birth support team. So I hope you really enjoyed that. You can check out Vanessa at Fawn and Me and I will pop all of her details in the show notes of how you can access her on Insta, over on her website. And as I said earlier on, she's got a beautiful online store with bespoke gifts for mums and bubs and they're hand curated and beautifully wrapped and they take such pride in sourcing their products from small businesses. And we as a small business love to support other small businesses businesses that are owned and operated by Aussie Mums. So we just love what Vanessa's doing. Can't wait to share with you the second part of this two-part uh, podcast, which will be coming out soon, where Vanessa shares her deepest and darkest of the birth and yeah, really gets into what it was like to give birth during COVID-19 and to go home in that sort of height of the period of isolation. So a really great listen and some great positive take-homes. So thanks for listening, guys. And if you're loving what you're listening to, make sure you shout us out on your socials. We so love getting this really important information out to as many mums and expecting mums as we can. So yeah, we'll speak to you in the next episode. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Lenny Rose Active, Australian owned three times mum and physiotherapist designed luxe active and technical wear for the pregnancy to motherhood journey. You can find us on lennyroseactive.com.au or on Instagram at Lenny Rose Active.